building better relationships at home and at work for people who have more than enough on their plate. Two coaches dangling the possibility of finding joy in your relationships. Do you dare to consider life can be better? Have a listen and tell us why. Today, Patty and I have a special guest, Belle Vivian from Belle Vivian Coaching, joining us to talk about dating in the pre and post COVID world and what this opportunity for online relationships has to offer in terms of resetting how we do dating and how we seek romantic love and build better relationships. Welcome, Belle. Please introduce yourself and tell us a little bit about your coaching and what inspired you to come talk on our podcast. So hello, and thank you for having me. My name is Belle Vivienne, and I am a certified life coach through the International Coaching Federation. I am also a master facilitator Equus coach, which is just a fancy term for coaching with horses. So what brought me to this interview today is my passion for wanting to share around the importance of having self-esteem and self-worth in the dating world and in the midst of a pandemic and pre-pandemic and post-pandemic. I think this is a very important topic. It's near and dear to my heart. So I wanted to offer some of my own wisdom and insight from my own healing journey from my childhood and and things that I experienced just through um, my own life around dating and looking for love in all the wrong places and making a mess out of relationships and just really wanting to share, you know, the importance of loving yourself. Thanks, Belle. When we were considering this topic, I didn't go as deep as what you've been sharing with us about that self journey where you look for love in all the wrong places. And it's interesting because before the pandemic or after the pandemic, people still look for love (laughs) in the wrong places. (laughs) Um, So we're going to look at some of the wrong places or things that people do today during the pandemic. And one of the things that I heard a lot during the pandemic was how do you date when you're not allowed to go out because of lockdowns? And I'm in Australia, so it's quite different to the US. And it has been a great challenge. Yes, I bet it is. But I know that someone told me once that when they were on a dating site, They got to know someone through the site for a long period of time before meeting them in person to make sure it was someone they really wanted to get to know. Belle, can you share for us what have you seen about people in the online space with dating? What have you seen? Through the pandemic? Yeah, let's look at through the pandemic. Okay. So something that I'm experiencing is I think that people are, are falling away from and forgetting about um, the need to keep things light and romantic and fun and, you know, bringing that to a relationship. You know, there's a lot of politics that is being talked about on in these dating sites. I mean, people having pictures with their political beliefs and, you know, 
And, um, you know, I even experienced one, one dating, one person, and it was like, don't enter my store if you don't believe in, in this. And, it, you know, I'm thinking, I'm looking for a partner. <laughs> I'm looking for a healthy partner to grow with and have fun with. And like, this is the last thing, you know, that's on my mind. So that's interesting, the political um, debate going on in the U.S. right now. It's not really about the pandemic, so I'll leave it. Yeah. Right. I was wondering if you found dating in during the pandemic is forcing new ways of getting to know someone um, and getting to know if you want to go to the next level. So we've got that political camp or tribal <laughs> division, which might sort the wheat from the chaff, as they say. Um, but has, has because people are maybe using online more, are they using online more? Are they learning more about people and then learning differently about whether they want to go deeper with someone? I, you know, I think that part of this is, is age, you know, it's, it's, it's demographics. So I can't say that I have experienced um, that. I have not experienced um, people wanting to go deeper. I think people are different right now. I think people are um, really focused on whatever challenges they're going through. And so when we're, when we're engaging through the internet, it's not, it's not at least, you know, with the things that I seek in some, in when I get to know somebody, it's going slowly. It's, I want to, I want to know about you. I want to know about the things you love and I want to hear those things, but that's not what's taking place. And, you know, I'm 50 years old. So I hear a lot about the ex-wife or the exes. And these are the, the, the conversations that you know, and I just kind of shut it down. It's just not interesting to me and not something that, you know, I'm not, I'm not, you know, suffering from a past relationship. So I think the internet is it's a tricky place. It sounds like, would you say the post-COVID environment is that people are using the internet, dating apps, online, uh, social media as a way to get um, cathartic, release, therapeutic, someone they can yes. dump their feelings on yes. versus dating? Is that's what you're saying? Thank you. That is exactly <laughs> oh. what I am saying. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and it, it, it just isn't fun. So quite, quite frankly, I have not been doing it, you know, that much. I, you know, I go back and forth with it. But, um, yeah, I think that um, it is something that people need to be more mindful of. But I think in general, um, men, uh I also experience a lot of unhealed people on the internet. So you have people jumping from one relationship right to another, which is a huge problem. You know, people not having any regard for the person, you know, that's, that's just simply looking for a relationship. And here they are, you know, they just got out of a divorce and they're like, you know, not ready. Just put it that way. So. It's interesting because straight away what comes to me is that there's actually a safety factor because if it's done through the virtual, you may have gone through the steps of talking to someone and then suddenly at some point you go, mm, no, I don't think this is going to go further. And then you get out. Like, Patty, you're saying you knew someone who was talking through a dating app for a year or more to get to know the person and then they might meet up physically. Um, in my experience, I've been hearing more of the teenagers because in Australia, our lockdowns are less serious. We don't have as much of the virus in the community. So what the kids are doing is they're still going out, which I think is happening in the US a lot. 
Uh, and then there might be a, a short lockdown, so they connect virtually. And because of that, through the virtual, they're learning how to communicate their feelings. Uh, yeah, doing a little bit of the emotional dump, like, oh, I hate this mm -hmm. or I don't like mm -hmm. that. But they're also learning to be creative as well. And I think that's more, I've seen that more from teenage and like I'm talking 14 to 18, that, gra okay. that bracket's been really quite creative. But I think that's because they grew up in a much more computer-based, phone-based, they grew up with phones and virtual communication. And they've been, to me, quite quite creative and not really phased by the pandemic in Australia. They're still finding people, they're still socialising, going out when they can, when they can't, they just talk and when they can see each other. And that's what's exciting to me. The younger people yeah. I've been hearing are still dating and and finding love in a pandemic when the adults who are my friends of, and parents of the kids are a little bit uh, maybe a bit stressed and the kids are just finding and, this new love. So the parents, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. They have a lot of fun on Snapchat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, um, so they can share on Snapchat. Yes, there's a lot of Snapchat in the U.S. for for teenagers and college students. And yeah, that's their means of communication, but they love it. Dating's been um, moved online for a few decades before the pandemic. And Patty and myself and Belle, by the sounds of it, we're all from the generations that were before online dating. Mm -hmm. So we wanted to share a few things that never go out of style when you're trying to look for romance or connect with someone romantically. So, Belle, maybe you can share some ideas about that connection, how to connect. Well, I think number one, people need to be healed. And we think if there's, if there's anything, you know, as a coach, I think people, you know, can't, um, shouldn't be jumping from relationship to relationship. So that would be my number one thing. Like, where are you in your life? Can you give to somebody else? Is your heart open? You know, did somebody hurt you? Are you going to come into a relationship with, you know, jealousy issues or those types of things, whatever it may be. And then, there, and then there's the other piece where um, I, I think dating takes a lot of strength. I think it is so important to build up your own self-confidence and your own self-esteem and really love yourself. That was my message and why I wanted to come here. Um, that part is so important because when you choose the wrong person, it's, it's coming, you know, you're, you're clinging. And so I think it's really important, you know, whether you're online dating or whether you're dating in general is to really do some, you know, some of your own inventory about where you are in your life. What can you offer somebody else? Are you ready to be in a relationship? And um, yeah, so I think it takes a lot of strength to date. I do. It's an important, it's important. Yes, you know, I agree. Relationships are so important. The divorce rate in the U.S. is 50%. You know, if people, you know, were more healed when they, when they picked a partner, I think that would, that would decrease really believe that one thing I picked up from what you shared earlier Belle was if you start to dump on someone emotionally like if you are jealous for whatever reason maybe your yeah. your mom didn't pay attention to you as much as your sister and you get jealous <laughs> jealousy gets triggered right 
it doesn't have to be a past relationship. But one thing I learned from you before is that if you see yourself dumping emotionally in the dating phase, because the dating phase is supposed to be fun, (laughs) then that's a good sign to say, hang on, maybe I need to heal something here or look at something or pull back or stop dumping on this person. Um, There's a beautiful program in Australia. It's available on Netflix, maybe in the US, called um, Love on the Spectrum. And the dating coach in there works with people on the autistic spectrum. And one thing she teaches them is is relationships are 50-50 because people on the spectrum can talk about themselves a lot. It's all about me, 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 me. But the funny thing is, all human beings do that. So I learn all this stuff from that show because it applies to everybody, not just people on the autistic spectrum. And she says, basically, one of the strategies is if you start talking, 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 that's not 50-50. It's got to be two-way. A relationship's two-way. So I thought that was a really good strategy for everyone. (laughs) If you're just, you know, dumping on the person about your emotions, maybe there's something that you need to look at, take some um, self-love time or some strategies to look at what's not healed here or to realize that maybe you're dumping on this person something that's not about them it's just about you so be be aware if it's all about you and you're hurt and and you're just using that person to get rid of some of your pain and that's not really attractive in the dating phase (laughs) no (laughs) I don't know if it's attractive in any phase of the relationship but it's not attractive in the dating phase (laughs) Yes, being single at 50 and dating the, you know, people go the second time around us, you know, there's a lot that comes with it. And, and that's okay, as long as they've done some healing, you know, I mean, we, you know, that's okay. It's just, it's, it's when they're not. So, mm. Yeah, that's where life coaches come in. Yes. <laughs> yeah, talk to your life coach. And if that's a great thing, you've got three here. So you could talk to your life, send them to a life coach. Yes. And I've, I've also said to people in who second time rounders or third time or fourth, fifth, sixth time rounders, if your potential love is using you as a therapist just to recognize it's like uh yeah I didn't really Mm. come to this dating kind of and sign up for this yeah (laughs) (laughs) not my workshop (laughs) yeah (laughs) yes well Belle how do cell phones and texting affect dating at this time or previously I have to be honest with you. It scares me. You know, there's a lot of things going on with young adults um, sending pictures of their, you know, their private parts to each other. And, um, you know, it's, it's, uh, people aren't slowing down and, and really getting to know this person before they go right into that aspect. And I think, you know, that's something that I, I think there's actually a term for it. Well, we're a little, it doesn't matter what the term is, but, um, yeah, people are sharing their body parts. They're using Snapchat. It's not, you know, it's not a conversation. Um, it's about physical appearance. It's about, you know, our physiology and and nothing about our heart connection. So um, I think that cell phones, you know, if you were to ask somebody, hey, do you like movies? 
And they were like, uh, yeah, you know, you can't hear that on a text message. So those met those, you know, intonations were missing so much with, you know, thankfully we had FaceTime. So they, kids, you know, people are, are interacting that way. And that's great, you know, because we can, we can see each other, but, you know, I think people do a lot of hiding behind cell phones and, um, that that's a shame. And, and, and also the, um, this I think is incredibly difficult for relationships. It adds such a layer of stress. The immediacy, I texted you, right? You know, and I want a response right now. You know, how do you, how do you breathe? How yeah. do you really get to know somebody when that you're, you know, I saw that you were on Facebook and you didn't respond to my text message. <laughs> you know? And so it's just so much. What if the cell phone's in the other room? But there's so, the cell phone to me has, you know, it's, it's, to me, it's not a positive, you know, you're, you go to dinner and you see the couple sitting on the cell phones, like, what is that doing to relationships? So I think we need to be really mindful about, you know, how we're using these tools, we have more means of communication and less, you know, connection. So I think it's, it's something to look at. Well, was that something that you're thinking about doing with younger people to teach them skills like that? Yeah, I would like to do some public speaking in schools um, and, and offer a program um, for young girls. Um, but I would also like to speak with boys too. So that's the reason why I've done some you know, public speaking work. Um, I, I think it's important for boys to realize like, you know, pushing yourself on, on younger girls and, and you know, of course I'll like you and things like that. I think it's really important that there has to be some boundaries in relationships for young adults that are missing that, you know, back in the 1950s, I remember Liz Gilbert um, talked about this neat love prey. You have to go to the dad and ask for, you know, permission to take the daughter on the date. You know, nobody knows what each other's our intentions are. Um, and, and so, as I said, like a lot of technology, but less communication. And, and so, you know, what are your intentions? What are your goals? And when, when I talk about the strength of dating, you know, if you're strong in yourself and you realize, you know, this person doesn't have the same, you know, relationship goals, they want casual. I want a, I want a serious boyfriend. You know, I have the strength now, even though I like Mark, we'll give him a name, you know, I'm still going to walk out that door because I'm strong in myself. And so these are the things that, you know, um, that I would like to, you know, help younger people navigate because there are no dating rules. Well, that was going to be my next question for you <laughs> was, are there any dating rules in 2021? Not that I'm aware of. <laughs> 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 um, I, I think it's different. Some people like to just text. Some people like to, you know, I, I, for me as a challenge, when to, you know, to talk about, I've asked people, you know, well, I, I gave you my phone number and they start texting me. Well, I didn't give you my text number. I gave you my phone number. I want to know who I'm talking uh -huh. to. And so, you know, but some people would absolutely disagree with me. So, I mean, um, really no, I mean, when, when I was younger in my twenties, people had to ask you out by Wednesday and then you'd go out on the weekend that doesn't exist any longer. It's like, hey, the, you know, instant, you know, what are you doing? What's up? You know, no, no. And, and if you have your own boundaries, it's like, well, no, you have to respect my time. If you wanted to see me tonight, 
you needed to ask me in advance. And so those are the things that I think are important to bring back into the dating world. I really do. Angela and I talk a lot about boundaries and how to set up yeah. boundaries and how to, <laughs> when you're My in life's a real... work. <laughs> and then, and, you know, <laughs> so sorry. I'm one of Patty's <laughs> projects. <laughs> and, and, it, and how to set to up, farm. yeah, and how to set up boundaries right at the beginning of a relationship. That's so important, and um, it sounds like that's not happening in the modern-day relationships. Yeah, and that's something that we do with the horses. Horses will test you every step of the way if you say one thing. And you don't, and you know, you don't really believe it in your heart. The horses walk in the other direction. They, they can or feel they, it. Yeah, they feel it. <laughs> and so we use boundary, you know, teaching boundaries with the horses so much. And it's, you know, it's powerful to see a, you know, a big animal, you know, showing you where you're lacking in your boundaries, where you're lying to yourself, you know, where you're lying to somebody else. Right. So, mm. Yeah. Wow, that's very interesting. and It's beautiful to yeah. have another animal be able to share that with you because it's actually a lot more safe than trying to do that in human relationships. We used to do yes and no in dance class. We used to have mm. to do an exercise where you, with your body, you'd have to say no. Yeah. And unfortunately, as children grow up, they don't learn how to say no properly or when they do it, which happens, starts around two to three, when they do it, some trauma happens. It could be a, a mild trauma or it could be right. a, a serious one. Um, but basically something goes in their brain that when they say no, it's not safe. And that's why a lot of, you see teenagers when they're starting to build relationships don't actually have confidence in their no. So an animal... Um, and raising an animal or being with an animal and having to say that would be a powerful way for them to learn to learn that. Um, it's also COVID safe. Uh, yes, outside <laughs> in nature, off their off your cell phone, in in person, and and connecting, connecting first to you, and then with the animal, and then with every. You know, the more work we do here that just, you know, trickles out into the world. So, so important. So important. Mm. Angela I wanna... and I talk a lot about um, if you don't love yourself, how can you love others? Right. Um, and it's very important, like you said, Belle, to heal yourself so that you can love others as well. Yeah. And I'm a big proponent of the other is a reflection of what's requiring your attention, not just to be healed, but to be seen. Mm -hmm. yeah. So often we don't want to look because we're too scared that what, what's not seen inside of us is unlovable. But relationships are huge doorways to see the parts that you're afraid of or ashamed or judged in some way or you think they're not enough. The relationship brings that up. And in that moment, you can either dump that person because it frightens you or you can just say oh my gosh look what's come up and yeah. and as a coach we we build strategies to help you move through that um, and I think that's the hardest part in dating today that people are using dating to kind of do self-work yeah. and then they get frustrated when they're upset when 
and project it on the other person, but yeah. actually the upset's about some self-healing or self-awareness that's not being addressed or understood. Um, I was thinking before, Belle, what you said about in the 50s, um, <laughs> how there were rules yes. and now... 2021 is throwing the rules out and our podcast is about changing the rules and to me what I'm starting to hear is a theme of 2021 moving forward 2020 how about we change the rules to being about self-love self-awareness and how that can move the relationship forward whether it's you're going to be with this person whether you're dating them respectfully or not um, or whether you just get to know people and in that process you become more connected to your own self-love whether whether sometimes it won't be easy though because people all when we're in in without rules and we don't have rules people will end up breaking your boundaries my mother would have said another word yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't break my back. Uh, back. yeah my back <laughs> break, don't break my buttons there's a euphemism in in italian in sicily they say instead of your balls they say don't break your buttons don't break my buttons <laughs> um but that's when we don't have rules. People are in the dating world now, they're constantly going, oh, my God, did you see what that person did? They just did that. They did this. Oh, he didn't answer my text. And it's yeah. constant. It's like you're not actually dating. You're constantly complaining. It's drama. And it makes, yeah, yeah. it makes me it's laugh. because addiction I thought, to drama. Yeah. That's what it becomes. And then it becomes a perpetuation. And I think that's the biggest, you know, thing that it's like I, I, I continue to repeat the same thing over and over again. And the lesson takes a long time to learn when you're choosing relationships from that place, you know, that mm. place of, of, uh, you know, just trying to fix something in yourself rather than starting with you. Let me, you know, this is going on. And then I'm going to, you know, find this person. They say, you know, uh, the best way to get to know yourself is to get, is to get in a relationship. <laughs> I think, isn't that, you ever hear of that? Yes. <laughs> um, yeah. So I think that's, you know, that's okay. We're all, you know, we're all going to be vulnerable when we're looking for love, but it's why you're looking for it. And are you ready for it? And is the person before you ready for it and appropriate for you? You know, it's really knowing what your own needs are. I think it's so important. Uh, this is a word that might not be familiar to people listening. Chivalry. Chivalry. It's an old word. And I'm wondering, Belle, if you see chivalry playing a role in dating nowadays. Maybe we need to describe what that is for people. Oh, well, <laughs> it's courtship and it's being romantic and it's it's really, you know, um, to me, that's what chivalry is. It's holding the door open. It's having etiquette and it's it's you know, putting your coat on and, you know, the man paying for dinner and, you know, of course, all, you know, this, you know, things like that to me is, you know, I am old fashioned, you know, and that's also based a bit on my age, um, you know, where people were chivalrous in my younger life, but now it's a little flimsy and, and I'd love to see that come back. I think that's so much fun, you know, when you have little surprises and, you know, it just makes life more playful. And, and, you know, what is this all about? When we really think about it, it's like, you know, 
somebody remembering your favorite color and just knowing what you just being interested in what you like and um, and then you being interested in what they like you know there's so much that could be so so fun that I think is a little bit lost in in you know right in technology and I think I don't and I'm not even sure that people even think about these things very much anymore but it's, I would love to see chivalry come back. <laughs> yes. Well, Angela and I had talked before about the thrill of the chase. Oh, yeah, Remember, Angela, too. how yeah. the, oh. how romantic that yeah. chase is, getting to know each other and winning that person over. Yeah, yes. and trying things like surprises or sending sweet words. Um, mm-hmm. and some, some women, Australia is a very feminist kind of country. <laughs> we lack a little bit of the sort of <laughs> apple pie, wholesome American kind of feminine energy. Um, and you would be surprised Australia has a lot of men who are very domesticated. They cook, they mm-hmm. clean, they do everything around the house. So we have reversal of roles here. So I think in Australia there might be this hesitancy to do the chivalry thing because it's seen as oh. as uh, sexist or old and or both. And I think that's where I sort of turn things on its head. Like my partner's French, so he's very romantic. But he loves it when I bring him a flower. He just he just loves oh. it when I do little sweetie things for him. Oh gorgeous. Yeah, and I think that's that's part of the new rules that are coming in are that younger kids don't want it to be just one way. And I've, I've had these conversations with people in my generation too. Why does a man always have to pay for dinner? <laughs> they don't. I'm talking about the beginning. Yeah. That's how I, feel. that's just how I feel. It's like a first date, you know, we're supposed to be doing this half thing. I don't know. It just feels awkward to me, but I am old fashioned. I think it's actually a good point about the first date if a man does that thing like say no no I'm going to pay it does it sets up a statement to the woman about I'm prepared to be a man I'm prepared to do that old-fashioned thing I don't care about the what society thinks this is what I'm doing yeah it has nothing to do with money and I think that's the message that I think men you know probably feel resentful about you know you hear it from them sometimes um, it really doesn't. It's not money. It's it's the exactly what you just said. I'm showing up and I want to impress you and I'm putting my best foot forward and here we are. And now I'd like to get to know you. And yes, you know, just it, it's just more fun <laughs> than creating this like awkward like did he pay? Did he not pay? Like, yeah. And that's where I would love for some rules. And you know, I don't remember if you remember the book, The Rules. Yes. You know, I think that was a little too strict, you know, maybe somebody, I don't know if y'all are writers, but I like to write maybe a new dating rule book needs to (laughs) come to life. There you go. (laughs) Collaborate on this. (laughs) It needs to come from various people, I think, because there's different experiences. We're all different, you know? Yeah. Like a forum, creating a new, new rules forum. Yeah. That would be the best thing. Three men wrote a book called what men want and it was interesting yeah ah. mm-hmm. yeah 
Hmm. <laughs> Very interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole other podcast. <laughs> So, so, Belle, how do you feel about men coming on too strong sexually in a new relationship? I, I know this is kind of going off the topic, but it is something that's happening and people need to be aware of, especially if they're there, say they've been married for 35 years and then all of a sudden um, a spouse dies or there's a divorce and then they're thrown into the new dating scene. It is a problem. I will say that it is that, you know, I think, you know, um, and it's, it goes back to my, my reason about being strong, being able to say no, having boundaries, like we are going way too fast. And I like you, but I'd like you to slow down and being able to say that with confidence, meaning it no doesn't mean yes, I'm going to push you and I'm going to push you all night long, you know, have another drink, or whatever they do to get you into bed. And I think it's really important for you to know your own self, like, oh, if I have two glasses of wine, I, you know, I lose all in you know, all ambition, you know, and so knowing yourself and knowing what you actually want to do and um, being able to say no. Um, and I think a lot of times the, the message that, you know, especially younger girls don't realize that when you say no, men actually will like you more, but they don't realize that they don't, they just go in the moment and those, you know, if we're talking about college kids, you know, they're out drinking all night and, you know, it's, it becomes, you know, just a big free for all. But even in, in regular dating life, just being able to say no, I, and I really believe you never really know if a man will stay with you. If you just jump into bed with them and they leave, you don't know whether they would have stayed because you just didn't give it the chance, you know? Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, really being mindful about your body. And the fact is that, you know, when I speak to girls, when I speak to them, they're, they, you know, people will say, oh, they just want to have, you know, physical intimacy with somebody. But when you really delve into, you know, a conversation with them, they're hurt. You know, I was talking to somebody recently and, and they were just so hurt that this person that they've been seeing isn't taking them out for Valentine's Day, but they're sleeping together. So, so, how, you know, but, but is it the boy's fault or is it the girl's fault, you know, and, and something Jack Canfield said yesterday in a, in a podcast, and it was, you know, taking 100% responsibility for what our outcomes. So knowing what your boundaries are, and knowing what you're going to do prior to, oh, okay, I get too tipsy off of two drinks, I'm only going to have one, or I'm going to have none. Let's go hiking, let's do something different, so that we can just connect on a different level than just this bedroom thing, because mm -hmm. we have a major issue going on, especially here in the US about you know, um, abortion and all this stuff. We don't talk about, well, how did all this happen? Why are there so many foster kids? Why are there all these unwanted pregnancies? Let's talk about it. Let's let kids be comfortable talking about their bodies, you know, and, and get honest about this conversation. Both, both species, <laughs> <laughs> both genders, excuse me. <laughs> You know. <laughs> it brings to mind um, something a teacher of mine once said, if women are going to move their goals forward about being free and liberated as women, 
it also means that we have to become more responsible about our choices about how women yeah. behave in society. So I grew up with a Sicilian father in Australia. He immigrated to Australia from Sicily, very traditional guy. I didn't need to say no because in my head <laughs> was a Sicilian father and mother. Oh, yeah. Even after my dad died, I, he was, I was 29. He was still in my head. All right? yeah. So I had a Sicilian father in my head um, saying no all the time. And then I used that as my parameter of how to say yes or no. And then I always felt guilty and if I did say yes or no. But now with women today, because we've taken away all of the enforcement of religion or society, women have to grow up. And that's the piece we're not educating them on as young girls. Yeah. And that's missing in our culture. Ancient cultures used to teach women about sexuality and they still do. If you go to a Fiji or Samoa, yeah. they teach them about their sexuality. You don't give it away until you're married, but it's very sacred. And they're taught about it as teenagers. That's their, their womanhood. It's, it's nurtured as a teenager. Uh, so there's some interesting documentaries about that. I think it's an Australian one about a Samoan woman. I think she's from Samoa. I probably got the country mm, wrong, but she's talking about that, how she was taught about her um, virginity was sacred so that's why she saved it for marriage she didn't need to be having a discussion but if women are going to be liberated to have choice they also need to be educated about how to make those choices and that's what we're missing so yeah it's something we can start to develop in our in our the, culture yeah yeah in all cultures because it's going on around the world and it's just not talked about. And it's interesting that it's not talked about. And especially in the United States, there's just so much, you know, shame around that the talk of sexuality. And I would like it to be more open so that um, people, young adults especially, have resources that they know that, oh, I don't need to be ashamed to talk about this. Like, I don't have to hide. And, you know, when I was growing up, there wasn't anybody to talk to. And people didn't understand psychology. So you're just called a slut and no one says anything like, hey, you know, you need to love yourself more, you know, that's, and that's the difference. And, and so, um, yeah, it's, it's important. Do you think that social media is affecting the dating? Very much so. Do you? Yeah, I, I, I really do. Um, feel, you know, it goes back to the cell phone thing and it goes back to the compare and despair thing that goes on um, with uh, social media, you know, oh, look at what they have. Well, did they, did they post the big fight that they had two minutes before this lovely bouquet of flowers arrived at the door, <laughs> you know? And so it's just a big, you know, we can call it fake book or, you know, not to put it down, but, you know, it, this stuff isn't real, you know, social media, we have to take it with a grain of salt. And that needs that message needs to be, you know, completely ingrained in, in kids today, because it really, I mean, we look at the suicide rate and all that, you know, that's going off topic. But I mean, it's, it's part of it, you know, what if somebody shares one of their pictures that they shared, you know, intimately with somebody, mm -hmm. and that gets put somewhere. You know, we have to educate kids on respecting their body, respecting each other, and having boundaries. Well, all of the things that you've brought up right now, Angela and I have had past podcasts about. Oh. 
suicide, comparing yourself, wow. all of those things Angela and I have talked about in past episodes. And, wow. yeah. and the suicide one was something that Angela and I had talked about for a long time to talk about because we're seeing it more and more and you never thought that it would affect you or your family and it's becoming something that is happening and it could affect you whether you you think oh no that will never happen to somebody I love or somebody I know unfortunately that's not true anymore yeah I mean it's and I do think that social media has a big part in that for sure and yeah so yeah I think the social media part is uh, because the three of us grew up before social media mm-hmm. the the danger is for people who actually people our age too you fall prey to it because you're you're socialized that that's normal to use it mm-hmm. I grew up and social media wasn't normal and it wasn't necessary so I have social media blackouts quite frequently in my life and I think I've I've seen some younger people too do that they're saying I'm going off whatever platform and they tell people it's a great boundary it's like I'm just doing a blackout on that social platform I'm not going to be on it for five weeks or two months I'm just I decided I don't want to do it anymore and whenever they've said that I've I've sort of felt really calm inside and thought good on you and I think it really influences their peers um, around them to go oh that's a really clear boundary to set Um, so now we want to share tips on choosing a partner (laughs) and these these tips I've definitely done off um, offline not online and this is the one that I've been doing since I was a little girl because I liked romance from birth I think Um, (laughs) so this tip is Um, spend time daydreaming about what you want to share and do with your potential partner. And this can be done just as you're staring out the window. It can be done at any time when you're walking. So it doesn't have to be done sitting down. You can be moving. But it's really about exploring what parts of yourself, your personality, your likes, do you want to share. So visualize yourself doing things with someone too many times I've noticed single friends um, they don't actually daydream and I noticed that I did it a lot and I as a consequence I I had a lot of um, relationships (laughs) so um, I I put that down to my daydreaming I did a lot of it I did 20 years of daydreaming and it it worked because then I started as I started dating having experiences that I daydreamed about And I found that really trippy, like the matrix, you know, you start sort of living things that you start fantasizing about. Um, And I I didn't have like, I I had some sort of salacious ones, but I had pretty vanilla type ones as well. So think about things that you want to explore and play with. And and then that can open up possibilities. Belle, did you have any ideas around that? Well, it sounds like the law of attraction really to me as I'm, as I'm listening to you, you know, you're, you're in the moment in your mind. And, you know, I do believe in that, you know, when we, we see it, 
you know, and, and we can believe it. And um, that's, I do think that we will, that, you know, people will attract that thing. That's why you attracted all those relationships. Yeah, I was pretty busy. <laughs> Your mind was very busy. <laughs> I love it. Because I think it's wonderful. I think it's, yeah. I, you know, in, in this conversation, you know, we've gotten a little heavy at times, but yeah, like bringing in that play, bringing in the fun, you know, this is, this is fun. It'd be so much fun. So I love your, I love that idea. Yeah. And um, I mean, people might work out and think about things too. So um, that's one place to do it. I, I think I used to do it on public transport, which isn't always the best place or safest place to be these days. But um, a bus ride is a really interesting way to let your mind wander. Um, <laughs> and then another tip was uh, to really think about this choice. Do you want, do you really want a long-term relationship or do you mm -hmm. just want fun and meeting people? And to be honest about it, um, some people these days, there's no rules or the rules are changing constantly. So they're commitment phobic. They're just not ready to commit because they're scared. And you've got to make a choice internally. Are you okay with just a bit of fun? Belle, you mentioned the girl or woman, young woman before that was hurt. She was having sex, but then she was hurt because the guy didn't want to see her on Valentine's. Yeah. But you, you've got to make a choice. Are you okay with that? That's a woman's yeah. choice. I don't know if men face this choice as well. <laughs> but I think that's a really good thing to come to terms with because I think in most of my dating or love and relationship coaching, I spend a good like 30% of my time just working with women who are really upset about this issue that a guy had just used them for sex. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but that's kind of like what it's about. If I that... know what they do. Yeah. And, and you let it happen. And that's the hardest thing. It's the hardest lesson to learn. Um, and if we can get to, you know, their minds beforehand and, they, and so that they, you know, have the awareness that, you know, this, you know, and, and to really teach girls how to, you know, guard their hearts with all of their heart, you know, with all of their soul, like just really understanding that when, you know, if we think about the actual act, it's like somebody is actually entering your body. And that is very sacred. And it, you know, it, it's an immersing in each other's bodies. It's very intimate and it's special. It just shouldn't be happening with everyone. Not everybody deserves you. You know, let's, let's you know, save your special self for, for somebody who's, you know, really shown up and, and proven that they're, you know, a, a solid person that, you know, cares about your heart and who you are and what you love and goes out of their way. You know, it's sacred. I love that. Yes. That image of guarding your heart. I wanted to connect this back to medieval imagery we have of a woman in a castle and a suitor has to go through all of these trials or members of the family or her chaperone or 
people who know her just to get to talk to her, not to even touch her or even look at her, but to even to talk to her. Some of the myths or stories, the woman's in a tower and the guy can't even see her and he's just having this fantasy about being able to see her, maybe her hair. So guarding in, in the myth that image of the castle of a woman surrounded by her family or the royal court or the, the, the rich family, she was protected because she was sacred and she was their jewel of the family that was going to carry on their bloodline. And also they were caring for her highest good. And today we don't have all of those ramparts and castles and obstacles. So the young girls and women have to learn or discover, maybe through doing the wrong thing, <laughs> how to guard, yeah, yes. how to, to protect that heart and that body, that sacredness of their own heart and their body. And yeah. unfortunately, it's not always safe for girls in the online world or the physical world. So mm-hmm. we have to teach girls how to communicate when it's not safe as well, because they may not know it's not safe, but we have to teach them some skills around that, like you mentioned before, Belle. Very painful. Yeah. So this third tip is really um, understanding a principle that dating and relationships are not a guarantee. If you have chemistry, this does not mean that you're going to have a relationship. I spend the other 30, second 30% on this problem. <laughs> <laughs> in my coaching experience, people have chemistry and then they think, but we have chemistry. We've got to have a relationship. Chemistry could just mean that the person is reflecting something inside of you that they're, they're bringing it out. Mm-hmm. That's what chemistry is about. So one of the ways I change the rules in relationships is to not focus on chemistry, even though it's important for long-term mm-hmm. bond to build the bond and instead I focus on your dreams as a person and how does this person resonate with your dreams so if you have a dream to work with animals or to have a home in a certain part of the country if you have a dream about how you treat people how do you treat people how does this person gel with that part of your dream about how you talk mm-hmm. to people are they a, a hermit and you're an extrovert? You know, right. is that going to, does that, could, sometimes it could resonate. Sometimes I've seen crazy right. couples at work. <laughs> but, you know, it takes opposites as well. Yes. But how, how can that work? Um, so that's how I get beyond the chemistry piece because I find people get so fixated on that and it then messes them up for many years because mm-hmm. they think about that chemistry and they think, oh, but I had this chemistry, I had this chemistry, I had, and they t- think it's a twin flame and they call it all these other words. It was just chemistry, okay? <laughs> doesn't mean it's a relationship. Belle, can you add on, on that as, in your experience? Well, yeah, I can say for my own life, it got me into a lot of trouble, you know, as I was growing up and, and not having the boundaries and not understanding, you know, how I was hurt, breaking my own heart over and over again. Um, I learned a lot and um, it's, can you ask me the question again? Well, yeah. What did you learn that chemistry does not 
need to okay. a relationship. Thank you, thank you, thank you. <laughs> I started thinking about my my past. <laughs> <laughs> it's colorful. Um, <laughs> um, but you know, when I think about the chemistry, it's like so you have that, and that's beautiful. And now it's like if we slow down and we just dated with that chemistry, we can get to see, are we compatible in other ways than just the chemistry? You know, the chemistry can bring you to the next date, you know, and it can, it's so it's momentum and you need it. But, and when it's the only thing that you have with a person and that's when the jumping into bed right away, you know, gets really clouded. Oh, we just had the greatest time last night. You know, um, I don't even know what, if he has brothers or sisters. You know, I mean, and now you're like trying to backpedal and and learn this person and you're with all your guilt and shame because deep down you're, you're you know, and it really, you show up differently. So now your own self-confidence is in the toilet. You know, you don't know this person. You have this moment and things are awkward and it usually just doesn't go anywhere. I mean, just does it. I would say 98% of the time when you rush into into the bedroom with somebody it's it's probably not going to go anywhere you know? wow it's too that's much a too soon good statistic to hold in your brain <laughs> well it's just my you know i never i never researched it but from my own experience experience it's it's it you know i would even go le- i would even go higher than that on that percentage you know men don't respect you they think you do that with other people and it's just a moment in time and it's gone and you know goodbye on to the next one so yeah it's it's definitely chemistry can be a dangerous thing and it can be a beautiful thing and it really matters on what your boundaries are and what you know about yourself great so I wanted to explore three benefits that I see in this post corona world um Corona. <laughs> yeah. I always think of that word. I think of the beer. <laughs> oh, I think of um, my, my Sharona. <laughs> my Corona. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so some of the benefits are um, in that pandemic lockdown situation is that some people in my experience are learning how to communicate like you're suggesting bell not jumping into the physical Mm -hmm. and they're learning how to talk over things because they might be in lockdown i certainly notice that more for the teenage range of the kids uh, because normally those teenagers in australia anyway would be perhaps more physical with each other, but because of our lockdown or coronavirus environment, there's more concern not to bring that into the home or wash their hands and be very socially distant. Um, So that's been one thing that I've noticed some of the teenagers are starting to do. They're using video to talk a lot more. And another thing I've seen as a benefit, which some of the dating apps have said, is that coronavirus has been a icebreaker and a great talk talking point where people can say what their experience is and then you can find out about who they live with are they worried about infecting family members um, what are their values around it 
do they belong in a certain tribe of mask or no mask or what are their points of view? So it can be a quick way to start to get to know mm-hmm. about the person. That's been one of the benefits. And the biggest one in Australia has been um, we've had a few clubs close down and Australia likes their beer. Let's mm-hmm. be honest. So a lot of the club environment was about getting really drunk mm-hmm. and perhaps picking up or not, just getting really drunk. And the other venues that have been coming up, because our lockdown has been much less required now, we've got new venues opening up that are really around new energies in the community, like around the arts. We've got one in Marrickville opening up and it's more about music so that used to be a very big part of our culture in the 90s in Australia and it competed with gambling machines we have a lot of gambling machines in the bars that took over yeah yeah well we had like just the machines in the pubs so that took over and the live music culture crash so what's happened is the virus has shut down some businesses and really allowed a few new ones to start that really encouraged things around passions that that young people are really passionate about like art and especially the artistic community they're very very passionate about their spaces to share Mm -hmm. and you can't really do it in the same way online so I was just wondering Belle if there are any things that you've seen might be some benefits about this post pandemic world that we're moving in now with our um, ways of interacting no it raises a good question if you have me thinking you know yeah joining other groups of interest things that you're interested in finding like-minded people and then you'll have compatibility it's built in yeah and and so that's something that you know interacting in this way can bring without the pressure you know i think online dating is a lot of pressure you know, especially if you have some good conversation and you then you meet the person, you're like, oh, you know, um, but, you know, meeting without, you know, it's kind of like meetup, but you're doing it online. I don't know if you have meetup in, in Australia. Yes. But, so, yeah, like just that, you know, joining something that you're just watching music together and, you know, just being out there without the desperation of I need somebody as opposed to, you know, I met somebody having fun doing something I love. Yeah, and he loves it too. Yay. <laughs> Yay, we're getting married. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it doesn't have to be so hard, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think the younger people are seeing how valuable being together as a group socially is too. Yeah. Not not just about getting drunk in Australia because everybody's drinking at home anyway so they've kind of gone oh it's not just about getting drunk I need friends and community and I think that's been a bit of a revival in Australia yeah yeah and joining the extras you know I'd love to take your class (laughs) you know that would be so fun you know you just don't know what's going to happen so putting yourself out there and just being open to new things yeah so I wanted to move on to um, meeting that that person, that special person. I don't like to call it the one because um, it was a term for 10 years ago when people were looking at the one. Um, people who are in committed relationships say they have a feeling 
when they know that this person is someone they want to invest their love with. So, Patty, what tips can you share about your experience about how you knew <laughs> that this guy was the person you wanted to settle down with? Well, I knew that I wanted a kind man that truly loved me and that I loved back as well. That would encourage me and treat me well. What are some tips? As time goes on, both people change. Life experiences change you. It could be a career, a job loss, a trauma, having children, friendship, family dynamics, a tragedy, the pandemic, an affair. Learning to communicate with each other during the good times and bad. There are going to be highs and lows in any relationship. How you choose to experience them together is important. Do you feed the relationship or ignore it and take it for granted? Do you say, I love you to each other every day? Do you listen to each other? I mean, really listen to each other. Do you discuss the hard stuff or bury it deep down inside? Do you talk to each other? Is it harsh or is it kind? Do you criticize each other and bring up past hurts that you haven't dealt with? Continually hurting and ignoring your partner is not a healthy relationship. You, who do people want to be with? And how do you want to be with that person? Someone who gives them love and treats them well? My advice is treat your partner with kindness, love, empathy, and compassion. And they will do the same back. And no matter what, each night before you go to bed, tell each other how much you love them, even when you're really pissed off. <laughs> go on a date night at least once a month and spend time together, even if it's just sitting outside looking at the moon with a glass of wine. But you have to spend time together and you have to show kindness for a relationship to survive. Mm. That's beautiful, Patty. Mm. I'm going to sit out <laughs> and look at the moon now. I've got a nice <laughs> idea. Yeah. <laughs> Listen to the birds. Oh, every you know, morning. listen to the yeah. crickets. That's so romantic. And we're missing that. And you can go outside and you can sit outside and you can look at the moon and you can drink a glass of wine. Or if you have a fire pit, sit by the fire pit. You don't even have to talk to each other. You just have to look at each other and be kind. While you're watching the fire dance, mm. the flames dance, mm. and hold hands. Yeah, I've been having a few moments with my partner where we've just been in silence and I've been enjoying uh, life slowing down because of the virus. I've been enjoying the slowing down. But it is one of those things that you think um, when I see people dating and it's that frantic energy. Sometimes I wonder if they just 
wanting to have someone that they can be still with. Right. And I do get that with my partner. We, we just sit there sometimes in silence and it's just sort of nice and there's no real Gosh. need to rush or do anything. And, um, and if you can yes. be happy in that silence together, then you know that that's probably the one for you because <laughs> you can be in silence together and be happy. Hmm. Yeah. It's one of those things I think that people find hard to capture, but they, they're sort of dating and looking for it, but it happens and it's not something you can always force. So if, yes. if the relationship yeah. in the dating phase is not fitting into that thing that you're looking for, don't give up because um, yeah. it's something that can happen. So be open to it. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to share if you are looking at developing that listening with your partner, I have a class as well. It's called Movement Meditation, and I do it for both couples and for singles. In the class, we look at some basic listening skills of listening to yourself and listening to your partner, listening to the body with hands off the body, some gentle contact. It's also about nurturing and how you nurture each other by listening to the body and listening to the energy of the body and the person and just playing with dance and movement skills that I've got from all of the years. So that's something that we're going to put in the show notes. You can check that out. I'll be hosting them again in March, coming up at the end of March. So you can have a look at that if that's of interest to you. Um, and we look at silence in the class too. Sometimes it's through music, but we get to some very quiet spaces where the body starts to explore what is that connection to the self. And to if you're with your partner, you can explore that with each other. So what, we're going to move on to this next piece about chemistry. And I know for my clients, chemistry was a huge obstacle if the relationship didn't continue especially chemistry from previous relationships that would I would work with a client and 20 years later they were still somehow not attached to that chemistry they had with the previous partner but either wounded by it or haunted or tormented by it or angry and pissed off about it. So I wanted to explore what is chemistry uh, with you and and just if anyone in the audience, if you have ideas as well. My niece asked me, what is chemistry? And when she asked, I thought, wow, I've never really had to conceptualize something that for me was always an experience. And I realized that in modern relationships, I think we're getting too conceptual because things have changed. There's no rules. Um, And we got conceptual about chemistry and that's something that in the ancient times it was written about through stories and romance and it was something to be experienced. But because modern relationships are so lacking rules and dangerous online, we're looking for safe ways to explore chemistry or maybe lack of chemistry if you've ever dated and you go, oh, I didn't really have any chemistry with the person. But it's safe because you had some dating app and you just started playing around meeting people. Um, And I think we're trying to get sure about something like chemistry that's whether it's good for you 
or not. So dating online can be a safer way to explore it. But what happens is that sometimes I see people talk themselves out of a relationship, which actually is good because if you don't have chemistry and you want to build a long-term relationship and you don't have it and you end up having kids, then you get divorced. It's just more children left without a dual parent family, which makes it harder for everybody. So, yeah, I was wondering, Belle, if you could share about what you have experienced with um, chemistry and what you might have experienced about that. I know you mentioned earlier some things, but what's coming up, if anything? My my wound's name is Scott. <laughs> so, you know, he was the person that I had this, you know, crazy, incredible chemistry with. And, and I know it was mutual. I actually heard from him years later, you know, through, in the pandemic, like back in May, I got a text message, how are you? You know, and he's married and we don't have any relationship, but it was interesting. You know, he still thinks of me as well. And, you know, it's a powerful drug and it can, you know, if that person is not going to commit, it can torture you. And so, you know, really, really knowing what your, what your needs are and what the other person wants before you, you know, follow the footsteps of the chemistry. You know, I would really, you know, emphasize to just go slow and get to know the person because, you know, maybe I wouldn't have gotten so stuck on this person had I not, you know, had this incredible, you know, physical relationship with for years. It went on for years and it can really, you know, devastate a woman's heart. You know. And from the devastation, did you get that self-healing, the self-love? Did you develop I some did. of what you, yeah. I did. And at some point, so at some point in the relationship, I cut it off. I got, you know, when I was 36, I went into this place where I was going to heal this part of my life, not just with Scott, but all of, all of my previous, you know, messy mistakes. And so I got, I had a dream about him one night. And, and that was it. It was like, I woke up and I said, I'm still in love with him. You know, love, what is, you know, being in love with somebody, but I thought I was in love with him and, and, and maybe I was, maybe I wasn't, but not important. Um, I said, I closed the door on it and he was furious because we were, we were friends for a long time. Um, after he got married, um, we had a mutual, you know, we were, he was a triathlete and I was, and I was a triathlete at that time too. So we had this like common bond, you know, through racing and it was intense and he was my coach and it was very involved. And so I had to say, you're fired. You're fired. You're not my coach anymore. I love you. And it was so hard. It was the hardest thing. And that's what I'm talking about when I mean that strength, like chemistry can really be a very strong foot, you know, stronghold on your, on your heart. And you can't like other people. It's just, it just doesn't work. So you can't be open to somebody else when you're, you know, stuck over there. So yeah, it's something, you know, it's exciting and, but it needs to be from a healthy place and with both people on the, on the same page. And that's just something that takes time. The cell phones, it's not how you get to know somebody just because you're texting all day. Doesn't mean you're getting to know somebody. 
You don't know if they keep the toilet seat up or whatever those annoying things are that people complain about when they're married. But you, know, <laughs> you don't know. You just don't know if they brush their teeth in the morning or shower enough. Like these are things like you just have to spend time with somebody, go slow, you know, enjoy it. Once you have, once you get to that place of intimacy, like, uh, you know, it's a free for all, but why do you have to brush it? You know, and you know, when it's something you were talking about earlier, it's just when you're talking about the princess and all that, <laughs> that piece, what you were saying, you know, it's just like, there's so much, so much, you know, yearning in, in, in missing somebody, you know, absence makes the heart grow fonder, let it get fonder and fonder and then go there, you know, but you don't even know if you're fond, you're just, you know, <laughs> yearning you're just in some you know i haven't had sex in a really long time and now i'm <laughs> going for it you know and i'll worry about the consequences tomorrow and it's just it's never good it never it's never good <laughs> and it's in a way that negative fantasy like what i was saying about daydreaming earlier so you're making a fantasy about the chemistry when you're in that yearning phase and that can be quite devastating for a woman's heart or for a man's heart as well, because I know a lot of men have this problem as well with people that they have this intense chemistry with, but it doesn't end up in a long-term relationship. So that that piece is something that I think is also not really understood in, in love, but it's really that chemistry is like, it's that deep part of you that's looking for something that the other person has really connected to whether it's at a spiritual level it could be a physical level could be an emotional level and it can be mental level as well some people have mental chemistry as well but they're often relationships the ones that don't last are th that have that chemistry really uncomfortable and they do lead to what what you're just describing bell in your own journey that self awakening to who you are and who you want to be not who you are determined by the chemistry, but who do you really, really want to be? And who are you? And that's where I find the chemistry is often missed, that the person gets stuck on it. Um, and, and what, Patty, what you were sharing earlier too about your own marriage, it's that when you do have the chemistry that does create the long-term connection it's really a deep feeling of wanting to be with the person in the same space it's not that two different cities or far away with the phones connecting and wanting and yearning you're actually no I want to be with this person in the same space and it's not about getting something from the person it's just that you want to be with the person it's natural it's like um a definite the sense of when you were talking about it patty like a sense of calm or quiet or peace or, or it's a commonality that just feels right it's hard to put words to it but when you were it's speaking just I felt being it. you're being together you're enjoying each other's company you don't have to talk you don't have to just knowing that that other person's with you yeah it's beautiful
Michelle, do you have any other advice that you would like to share with us? Other advice? You know, I, I, I think it just goes back to go slow, be strong, know what your needs are, be healed from your past relationship before you walk into a new one. You can't get to know yourself when you're just looking for your healing through some other person and then you're looking for validation and you never even got to really process what just happened with the other person. Here's but now you're here and there's no room to grow. So I think the, the more you grow in you and the more you love yourself and the more open you can be and you know, just, you can show up your best self and it can be so much fun. Well, thank you so much for sharing with us, Belle. How can our listeners connect with you? Oh, um, well, I have a website and it's Belle Vivian Coaching, B-E-L-L-E-V-I-V-I-E-N-N-E, coaching.com. And you can also email me at bellevivianecoaching at gmail.com. And we'll also have this in the show notes. Angela, do you have anything else you would like to share before we close? No, I think I, I feel really happy to just leave us with this great conversation on romance in the modern times. And I'm looking forward to listening back because I think we've got a few other podcasts in us. <laughs> <laughs> Ten or a hundred. <laughs> well, I really enjoyed this this conversation and I've learned a lot. So thank you both. How about becoming a monthly supporter? Click on the support button in the Anchor app. And thank you so much for listening. Thank you for listening to Building Better Relationships with Angela and Patty. Send us a message and please like or share the podcast or donate with the Anchor Donate button. We really value your feedback. (laughs) 